Hi, everybody. I'm Charlie Ekstrom of Stanford Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. I'm Alana Rennie of University of Arizona Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. Hi, I'm Kate Privet of TCU Beach Volleyball, and you're watching or listening to College Volleyball Weekly Beach Edition. You've tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob Mike. All right, as always, good day. Episode four, College Volleyball Weekly. It's a Sandy Frog takeover. They somehow got rid of Alana Rennie. They got rid of Charlie Ekstrom. And instead, we still got Kate Privet, but she's brought on a fellow frog in Danny Alvarez. <laughs> How you doing, ladies? Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Thanks for having you over and take over the entire show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, in all honesty, uh, Charlie Exum's on vacation. Oh, well, a much needed vacation uh, for spring break. Take the week off. Uh, she's at least gone through tomorrow, from what I understand. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> she had a tough loss. We may or may not talk about it. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Alana is working tonight. So uh, I understand student athlete, but also worker to help pay the bills. So uh, totally fine, which I totally expect. But hey, it was an exciting week here in week four. and. I don't need, I'm just going to go top to bottom, bottom to top, but some of the results that caught my eye, we'll start with, of course, TCU. <laughs> Check out this win resume just for last week. Number two, USC 4-1. Number 14, FIU 3-2. Tie 14, FAU 5-0, and then Jackson, Jacksonville 5-0. What is it about your team that's really, really going right now? And we'll, we'll start with you, Danny. Well, I, I think that's that's a that's a question so i think like we have like a level like so similar from the fly five to the fly one and like that makes us like be like good like from the top to bottom and also i feel like every single girl is like super competitive so like even though like the things doesn't go well at the beginning like we ended up like pulling off wins in the third set on like tie sets so yeah how about you Kate what are your thoughts on the uh where your TCU team is at from one to five actually even the exhibitions too yeah I agree with Danny from one to five we're very um we have a lot of depth and it's very it's nice because I feel like going into matches we have competence not only in our our particular line but in all the other lines so knowing that if things aren't going your way your team's there to have your back and vice versa if something's going wrong on your on one of your pairs courts like you'll have their back and I think we have a lot of confidence and trust in our and our coaches and our teammates that's um, helping us to do very well so far well one of the things that really stuck out I'm sure that it's what people are asking in the back of their mind so I'm just going to put it out there but you know, obviously USC was without Megan Kraft. They had to shuffle their entire lineup. So, you know, we saw some pairs that we normally wouldn't see. We had the team Maddie move up to the ones and, you know, Delaney move back to the threes. And, and how different could USC be if Megan Kraft was in that lineup? And uh, being that you are the international person of flavor, Danny, we'll let you start on this one. 
Well, I I really like how Megan plays. Like I think she's such a good player. I actually played her a few. Well, it's been a lot ago, but like last summer we competed against each other in in Turkey with with Stockman, and I mean I really like how USD gave her the option to like try to. Uh oh. <laughs> point Paris. In and out. It's just, and I think I'm frozen, right? Oh, you're good. You're back on. Oh, now you're good. Now you're good. Okay. Well, we're well. So back at it. I think that like Megan Craft is like such a good player. I actually played against her a couple months ago in Turkey. Well, against her in Stockman. And I think it's really cool how USD gave her the option to like miss a couple duels in order to be able to compete for FIVB points because like the run for Paris, it's super competitive and even more if you're from United States. So I'm glad she had that opportunity. And I mean, I think that seeing the Laini do like such a good pair but I also don't think that only one player win five matches. Mm -hmm. So like, of course, they're gonna be like way more competitive when Megan is there, but I also don't think that one person wins five matches. Yeah. Kate, I mean, you've, you've seen her for some time in the junior circuit here. So, and particularly she's been paired up with longtime friend and partner Delaney Maple since I think they're 14 or 12 years old they've been playing together um and they pretty much won everything <laughs> so but yeah, and they were playing at the number ones and um you got a preview of the usc team but not fully at their full potential so i'm curious how that how you knowing the history of that particular team of of craft and maple could be different come uh when megan becomes fully available let's say in the postseason yeah, Megan is a great player, and obviously she helps the USC lineup. Um, and they were a great, great team, and I know they're going to keep being great. But like Danny said, one player can't win on all five courts. So, I mean, yeah, they like, yeah, she wasn't there, but there's only so much one player can do, anyways. So I don't, I don't think um, too much emphasis should be placed on just that Megan Craft wasn't there because there's still nine other players in the lineup, but I do think that they will be stronger with Megan Craft. Yeah. yeah. So one of the other results that really caught my eye from the weekend, I'm curious on your guys' take, but South Carolina and the upset of LMU. Um, uh, LMU was at the six, South Carolina number 16, edged them out 3-2. I don't know if you're familiar with any of the athletes at South Carolina, um, but I know that was a big shocker result because LMU had been playing really well. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on um that matchup particularly and that was at I so it was what if what event was that at that was at the uh surf and turf correct or that was at the march to may i think it was both shores because <laughs> so we were at the surf and turf. <laughs> yeah um i think that is so crazy i think that's the biggest upset we've seen this season and honestly i think it's one of the biggest upsets we've seen in a long time south Carolina. um number five getting upset by somebody 
much lower. South Carolina is an awesome 16. school. Yeah, 16 to five. Um, South Carolina is an awesome school, but I doubt many of us saw that coming. So I think it's really cool to see them edge out LMU. And I think it shows um, the depth of teams that we have this season in NCAA beach volleyball. So you should always be ready no matter who you play, ranked, unranked, or even doesn't matter their ranking, teams are coming to win. So yeah. How about you, Danny? Your take on the LMU South Carolina. I hate saying upset, but it was an upset because of the ranking difference. Well, I completely agree with Kate. I mean, I feel like South Carolina is the kind of team that like cannot say anybody. Like they proved that over the past few years. So as Kate said, like it shows how much like I think Corpus Christi also upset Arizona. So that that shows how much deep like like has the their rankings because like they don't really mean anything until the end. And what I think is interesting in the lineup is if you look at the order of finish, which you know, I I nerd out on the data like that, is a four five three two one. And if you look at the three pairs, it was a transfer from LSU, Allison Cones, oh, yeah. uh, partnered with Lauren Wilcock, who defeated the, the number three pairs of LMU. And then the decisive duel, who was in there, Skylar Allen and Simone Preby from Pepperdine, a transfer. So um, you had some grad student leadership taking the, uh, taking the reins in the clutch there. So uh, made for an interesting duel. Mm-hmm. And and I know that that team of Melanie Paul and Vilmina Preeti of LMU is really good. So I know they had to turn it on in order to beat them in that uh, dual deciding match. So let's uh, move on here. Another surprising result. I said we'd talk trash on Charlie. I think we will. Um, she had a tight one with her rival school, Cal, and uh, came down to Charlie's match, the number one pairs. And I thought it was interesting what Cal did. They moved Ashley Delgado and Ainsley Riddell, the number one spot. And uh, Cal ended up taking the third set tiebreak on a miss serve by Charlie. <laughs> but it's so tight at that anywhere from one to seven, it's pretty stable right now. But anywhere beyond that, it's going to be a dogfight. So as a team of your caliber right now, the number one spot, you have a target on your backs, but how do you stay on the competitive edge knowing these teams are coming after you? And we'll go ahead and start with you, Danny. I'm the kind of person that thinks that the ranking doesn't really matter. Like, it, well, I first came to TCU, we were almost unranked. And like, we proved like little by little how like our ranking didn't really matter. And I mean, right now, we are like run first for a reason, but like it doesn't really matter if at the end of May we haven't finished the poll that way. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think like every time that we have to step on the court, like we cannot like think that, yes, because we were in TCU in our year six, so we're gonna win. Like we have to earn it in yep. every month. So, right, you, Kate. I'm with Danny. Um, the rankings right now, what the most important is come May and um, being high in the 
rankings. That doesn't mean anything. These teams are amazing teams, as we saw. Um, LMU got upset by number 16, so you don't know what's going to happen. And Cal is coming off their – we play Cal this weekend. They're coming off their win versus Stanford. They're going to be really strong. So we're definitely going to have to bring our A game because they're a great team. And all every team we play is – strong and we have to just play our game and stay confident and not and just know that teams are going to play hard against us so I think um, knowing how strong the teams are that we're playing helps us um, continue to do well yeah well I know that so you were saying that the top of the polls this week have stabilized but anywhere from eight on there is one or two step movements for a lot of teams and it's hard to focus on which ones because you had some upsets between like let's say uh Stetson, Long Beach State, or um, you had FAU, FIU, and then some first-time wins for FGCU over FIU. I mean, there's so much shuffling, and you just don't know who's going to be coming out and coming for you uh, as the season comes along. Um, I wanted to jump over to and just focus on the, the two tournaments. There are more than the two this weekend, but obviously the, the big one this weekend, or some of the big ones were the March to May, UCLA swept that entire tournament. Uh, Lexi Denneberg and uh, Maggie Boyd played phenomenal and FSU ended up getting the second place finish with only one loss in the weekend. And then the surf and turf, which TCU swept and USC came in second, but there was a particular shuffling in the lineup that a lot of listeners and viewers, and I don't know if you guys follow volley talk, they're like, what happened to Danny and Tanya? Why was Kate playing with Danny? So I'll let you guys come clean here. <laughs> So, Katie, if you want to start, then let Danny follow up. Danny, Danny, you can start. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like we've been seeing this in every single school. Like, it, coaches want to try new lineups. Coaches want to see, like, how people work with each other. And I had the opportunity to play with Kate on Sunday. We played against a really competitive Florida Atlantic team and like we pull up like a really good win and I mean at the twos, the right? mm -hmm. yes okay at the very beginning we weren't very like uh, understand each other but like I think we have it figured out for next weekend right, Katie I get your Spanish up that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we have we haven't played together much, but we had fun together. <laughs> and I like obviously I like playing with Danny, so it was it was fun um to play. And yeah, it's good to just keep other teams on their toes too, because you never know what lineup any team's gonna throw out there. So changing up your lineups also helps um with scouting. Yeah. It's harder for them to scout you. I, I throw at her some, some Spanish, like Sola, Linea, Diago. Vamos. Understood. <laughs> yeah. You have to yeah, walk around with a cheat, cheat sheet on your wrist, Kate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I know most of them, like <laughs> Linea. <laughs> well, I mean, that's gotta be interesting. Well, then you, you jump on over to playing with Lena. <laughs> oh yeah and then uh well lena and i both just speak english because i can't speak ukrainian and, <laughs> and and i can't i can't say those words my my mouth like that doesn't sound right so it's easier for me for us to just do english 
Well, in the time that I've known Coach Hector, I mean, he's not the kind of guy who likes to shuffle up the lineup. So, and I maybe he's getting he's got he's trying to put a few aces up his sleeve come you know postseason time. I don't know, but or maybe having the baby is kind of throwing him off a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the um, so you know, obviously there is a, a big result that I'm sure everyone had their eyes on. Sorry, Danny, I have to mention it because hadn't seen you guys lose in such a long time. You had a, a 2-1 loss to the number one pair of uh, Rochelle Mancinelli and Malicha Vukobrat of FIU and uh, 21-18 and 22-20, two tight ones, actually. But, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, they're a good team, but, I mean, you guys have been playing so well, and uh, I know that never be fully perfect, but it was uh, it looked like you guys are trying to battle back in there. Yeah, well, Tanya and I, we've been having, like, such a good past months and like we're kind of happy with the performances we've been doing and like I mean are we trying to get the momentum for conference and for nationals of course we want to win all the matches we can but like for me right now I really want to be ready to play in May jump my highest and like be the fastest of course every single match matters but like I don't think that like, yeah. 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 Well, um, I wanted to go into the players of the week that were named because you know, we know that UCLA was undefeated this weekend and then you had Florida State there. And some of those results, then we're still waiting for the rest of the poll top 20 teams to pan out here because there's still, we're just under halfway through the season, which is crazy to think right now. Um, but uh, for the ABCA pair of the week and Pac-12 pair of the week, Abby Van Winkle and Perry Brennan of UCLA. Big West is Malia Gementera, Taylor Hagenau of Long Beach State. CCSA, your guys' conference, Alex Durish and McKenna Wolf, two freshmen from Florida State. WCC has got nothing on their site or their social, so we're going to ignore them this week. A-Sun with Shea Henson and... Karen Zolnarchikova of Stetson, which I got to see this last weekend. Sunbelts, um, University of North Carolina, Wilmington, Gabby Lapata and Sadie Sharkey. Ohio Valley Conference, Cindy Wyman and Trinity Miller. Conference USA, Emma Grace Robertson, Jill King, Galosi of FAU. And the Southland Conference, Boise State, Sierra Land and Madison Nichols. So um, definitely wanted to comment on one of the pairs I did see this weekend, Stetson, which is, you know, I think, uh, Kate's pretty familiar with them being at Florida State in recent years. Uh, but that Shay Henson and um, Julie, uh, I'm going to blow her name again, even though I got it right the first time. Zolner Chikova were really strong. Defensively, Shay Henson is a great defender, and Zolner Chikova has a really big arm swing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think Stetson's going to be hard to knock off in that ASUN conference this year. Mm -hmm. How yeah. familiar are you guys with them? Well, fun fact. My first tournament with Tanya back in 2017. In my pool play, it was a European Championship under 18. I played against Karin. And like, is she the one on ones at Stetson? Dan? Is that her? The one on Stetson? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, so I know her since 2017. We've played a couple times. And like, I don't know, she's such a good player and she's been being like in the top level of Europe since 2017. So 
Yeah, the, and I mean, I've seen her playing when we play in Tampa. Stetson was playing at the same time as us. We just didn't play against each other. And like, they were playing awesome, so. Yeah, she is very physical and has a really quick arm swing, but she's not afraid to use it either. <laughs> she She's punishing some of her opponents this last weekend. Uh, don't pull, hashtag don't pull on me. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, and then uh, Emma Grace Robertson and Jill Cangalosi of FAU in the Conference USA, uh, they were out two weekends ago at the Battle for LA, and uh, FAU will be successful because of that pair there. Um, you know, they're setting the tone for the rest of the team in the lineup. So easy question for you guys. What are you guys watching this upcoming week? I mean, there's a lot going on, and you guys are actually hosting, which is why I kind of want to segue into that, because you guys do have a pretty, we'll say, it's going to be a brawl. It's a fight at the fort, but it's going to be like an alley alley brawl of teams in uh, TCU this weekend. So, um, Danny, thoughts on what you guys are doing this weekend at the fight at the fort at TCU? Well, we have a, an upcoming weekend, like, coming hot. Like, we have, like, three, um, three ranked teams and, like, three high ranked. And then we have Texas. Uh, as a new program and I'm excited to see them compete in the sand and I don't I think we're not playing against Miss Mississippi yeah so I don't know I'm excited for the formats is coming in and like I'm excited to see Texas well just for Kate you go it's number nine Cal you guys are number one Grand Canyon's moved up. I have six here, but I believe there are five in the recent poll that just came out and number 14 FIU. So, hey, go for it. <laughs> yeah, like I mentioned, we play Cal first and they're coming off their win versus Stanford. So um, they're going to be a good team. And I've talked about them in the past on the podcast. I think that they are um, a really strong team this year. I've actually never played Cal ever in my college career. Um, all five years. This will be my first time to play Cal. So I'm excited to, to play Cal. It'll be a good game. And then um, we have FIU again, who we saw last weekend. And um, that was a really great game. They're also a great team. So we get to play them again. And then we haven't played Grand Canyon yet this year. We saw them play in Tampa and they were very strong. So it'll be a good test for us to go against um, a really, really strong team. And then like Danny said, we get to play Texas, which I'm really excited about because I I loved watching the indoor national championship. So to see them out on the sand, it'll be it'll be really cool. Yeah, Madison Skinner and uh, was it the uh, the other one, the big giant? They like her her hashtag Molly Green Giant, Molly Phillips Green <laughs> Giant. It's Molly dot Green Giant. So, uh, but yeah, that's interesting because I in, interviewed Coach Hector. And in the preseason, he's like, yeah, we like to have all the purple teams beat up on each other between you guys, LSU, and now Grand Canyon. Yeah. But he said that that was a team that is definitely one to watch. I mean, between you know, Ali Hansen and Lannis Navas, and I mean, just all through that lineup, they've got some really solid players. Anea Evans, um, gosh, it goes deep into that one. So would love to watch that one. If there's a, a stream or Instagram live, got to let everyone know here. So, um, yeah, so I that will be a stream on Instagram. Uh, it's called like TCU Beach Stream. Well, that everyone can start tapping on there now and putting the request in. <laughs> so we yeah. get the TCU fight at the fort this weekend. The Big West Challenge is happening as well. 
that's Cal Poly, Hawaii, UC San Diego, all the Big West teams, Long Beach State, Bakersfield, Gamecock, Grand Slam, big teams there of note, uh, ninth, the 16th ranked South Carolina Gamecocks, number 11, Georgia State. Uh, we're missing another one, Stetson Invitational. That's a Stetson, FAU, FGCU, and FGCU is definitely a team to watch. And pretty much those go through all the weekend. So wanted to rush through that because I wanted to hit you guys with our TCU takeover questions. Um, first, but what teams as fellow athletes are on your hot list at the moment and which ones aren't? Um, well, no, let's just go. Let's keep it positive. What What are the hot teams in your guys' eyes? And let's start with you, Danny. But like, as a as a team, like as a university, or as a like, a pair. Uh, we'll go teams. Well, so I mean, I feel like you could probably say any single team that is top fifteen, top sixteen right now, because like, you already saw that South Carolina upset LMU, so it's not that like you could take anyone out of that list because like any upset can happen anytime. So I don't think I could like <laughs> I mean UCLA have such a good program and like they got that loss against USD but after that like they've been winning all the time and like I don't know. Yeah. All right. How about you Kate? What what is um, a hot team in your book? I am going to have to say a hot team right now will probably be Cal because they came off their win from their rival. And anytime you beat out your rival 3-2, you're going to be a hot team. I also think UCLA is hot. They went 5-0 and at a very great tournament this weekend, which is hard to do. Um, I would say those, I think FAU, FAU also came off a win versus FIU this weekend. And even though they, um, they went to they lost two games this weekend they lost one to us and one to usc i think that they're still playing really well and i i think they're building each week so i i expect to see um, a lot of good things from fau coming up yeah now on the other side more of the the micro part of the game but and it, have there been any athletes that have really caught your eyes as far as their performance this year so far um and they could be one, two, three, but just individuals particularly that have really just uh, their performance has really been standout. And uh, let's start with you, Kate, on this one first. I would say um, from Florida State, McKenna Wolf. I was on a team with her last year, and it's really cool to see her doing so well this year. Um, uh she's been playing the five she's been beating a lot of great teams so I would say she's been standing out for me and I'm I really like to see her doing so well this year so I'd say McKenna Wolf she's um she's a sophomore from California but I think she's a red I I think she redshirted last year I'm not fully sure but yeah I think she's she, listed as a redshirt freshman yeah, she I was on the team with her last year but she must have redshirted so I mean she has yeah. a lot of potential ahead of her four more years so yeah how about you Danny I want to go with Molly Boyd. I saw her playing last fall in, in Manhattan Beach. And like, I mean, seeing her playing during the spring is just awesome. I saw her game with Devon Newberry. And like the game that 
she pulled off like with all that options and like everything and like being a freshman in UCLA's once and that's that's amazing and I also wanna talk about Roselle in my team she's been playing the fours and the fives and I'm pretty sure she's undefeated like she's been winning a lot these past two years and like having her like practicing with her and everything is just like such a such an example to look up. Yeah, she's yeah. a baller. Rochelle is amazing. And you're you're referring to Rochelle Scott, correct? Just so mm -hmm. our listeners and viewers. Well while we're in that transition with you two on the screen, you guys have some milestone moments ready for the program or just career milestones for Kate 100 wins. Congratulations. Thank for you. Danny, 75 wins, and Rochelle, 80. So uh, you definitely had the winning trio already dropped here. Look at this. It's definitely a TCU takeover right now. Yeah. <laughs> accomplishment. Although you got a double spy on the screen, Danny, be careful. <laughs> he has her Florida State connections. <laughs> so um, now I kind of asked this of you when we first came on, but um, you guys are on an amazing 16 dual winning streak so far in 2023, and you've only lost five dual points the entire time out of a possible 50. That's a that's a 900 winning percentage. But um, what is the I guess the atmosphere, the climate like in your team or in the locker room, so to speak, or on the sand when you guys are together? And uh, Danny, why don't you take a stab and then uh, go over to Kate? Well, I think the connection and like the confidence between all of us has been amazing. I think that Esther and Maho have done an amazing job to like bring all of us together since the beginning of the season. And I think that plays such a, an important point whenever you're in the court, because like you know that even though you're gonna have a bad like even though if you have a bad day, you have all your teammates back and like I don't know if you've seen any of our matches, but like every single core have like a lot of girls uh, cheering for us. And like, I don't know, I think just like the connection and like the confidence and trust between each other, it's like a key in our team. Yeah. By you, Kate? I, I agree. Um, it's a very, very positive environment where at practice we push we push each other but we remember that we're teammates and we all want each other to succeed and do well so I think it really helps us to play better too because you know that your team's behind you and Hector Maho do a, a really good job of listening to um, us and our needs and just um, really keeping us prepared and I feel like going into matches we um, we're just confident we we kind of just focus on our side and control the things we can control. We don't, we don't really, we try not to overthink things. And I think that's been really helpful for us not to put too much weight on our shoulders. Like, oh, we're playing, we're playing USC right now. We have to play good. It's not really like that. It's like, we're playing USC. It's like any other team, just go play our game. So I think that's really been good for us this year. Oh, for sure. I think, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> I think I was a key part of the NCAA season, like there are tons of matches. And I think that compared with other years, our recovery is like changing also. Like we have our nutritionist every day at practice, making sure that we've been eating or like 
eating healthy and like drinking water and like we have our recovery, we have our yoga. And I think that also it's like making a difference compared mm -hmm. to the past year. Yeah. Well, this is the other stat that I picked out from your guys' stats, but so you've got Tanya, Maria, Lena, Haley, you, Kate, and Danny, all with over 10, 10 wins in, you know, in your combined stats at each of the different flights. Um, are you surprised at the success that each of the, the flights is experiencing right now? Being that you're so diverse with like, you have some youth in there, you've got graduate transfers like Kate, you've got some mid-level, uh, like, you know, sophomore juniors like yourself, Danny, but it seems very diverse within your team's lineup, but you guys are extremely successful. So hard one to think about, but had to ask because I it definitely, that's what really, when I was looking at your lineup, I'm like, wow, they are like spread out as far as like the diversity of the team. And you added the foreign aspect of it too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned that because now that I think about it, our only team um, besides besides our our ones and our fives are our only teams with like two people from the same country for the <laughs> most part because Danny and Tanya are on the ones and then um, Rochelle and I mean, our lineup switches around, but like if Rochelle and Haley Brockett are on the fives, then they're both from the U.S., obviously. And then we have Ukraine, Spain, Puerto Rico in there. So I think it's really cool to to kind of mix mix everyone around. And I think it just helps strengthen our connections like Danny was talking about. So, yeah. Well, it seemed that there would be at least maybe a communication barrier at one point or, you know, just a level of maturity just even that, like you can't have an 18 year old playing with like a 25 year old. So, <laughs> but then you never know. So Danny, have I, go ahead and add your, your piece in there. I think like that shows you how like we could like how like you could switch the lineup and we probably will still work. And I think that gives like Esther like an extra point to like trust, like to try to like new things. For example, when we play here at home, our lineup switched like few flights between the first day and the second day against Louisiana State. And I think that being able to do that or like, I don't know, for example, I was out last year for nine games, being able to like put another player and you know that they're gonna like be able to do as great as as great as like any other person, I think that like gives you more confidence to like try new things and like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that Hector and Maho are excited to see what they've got on paper with everyone winning. So they get to shuffle the deck and see uh, how you guys do. <clears throat> Danny, this question is more directed towards you because you know we obviously were already talking about Megan Craft and Olympic qualification for the USA, but um, what has been, I guess, yours and um, Tanya's experience and how Hector is working that out with you? Because you actually have uh, Olympic uh, hopes as well. Well, so Tanya and I flew back in February to Qatar. We competed at the Elite 16 there. We didn't make it past the quali. 
So, but we got a little bit of points through the Olympic run. Then we might fly to Itapema in a couple of weeks. So that's exciting. And yeah, from May on, we just try to play as much as we can to try to qualify for the World Championship. Mm -hmm. So we can try to qualify for Paris because like if we don't make it to the world champs then it's gonna be like so hard to get points now, so it, let's see is Itapema during the collegiate beach season I haven't checked on the yeah, calendar yet like this our third home tournament mm -hmm. I think it conflicts with that but like it's not 100% sure we're going yet like yeah Oh, did you go out again? <laughs> I think she did. Oh, you she dropped did. out on that last bit. You may have to repeat that. What? <laughs> yeah, you may have to repeat that last like 10 seconds there. It dropped out. Oh, yeah. We don't know yet if we're going to go there or not. Like, we're right now in the quali, but like, we don't know if like we're going to be able to fly there or not. Yeah. I know it could be a challenge. I know that we were talking because uh, yeah, Megan Kraft missed us last weekend and she's missed us next weekend as well. And I mean, they're heading out to some pretty deep competition too. So, but uh, they also have plenty other tough competitions coming up as well. So, um, hey, I wanted to ask you guys um, with the addition of Grand Canyon in the CCSA and from what I'm understanding, there's not formally like duels against each other you just play whenever you see each other and so there's not a head-to-head -head conference matchup but what's it like having another team as good as grand canyon come into the already powerful conference that hosts south carolina that has you guys that has lsu has florida state i mean it never, doesn't seem like there's going to be any nights off or any days off for you guys i think it's really cool to have such a, a tough conference we, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, South Carolina, LSU, Florida State, Grand Canyon, us, five ranked teams, which is really cool. And I, our conference only has six teams, so uh, <laughs> five out of six are ranked. So like you said, it's going to be a tough conference, but I think that's what makes it so fun. And that's what makes it um, really cool to, to see that our conference is hopefully going to get a lot of teams of, that can that make it to nationals too. So I think it just brings a, um, a lot of good for our conference and it's great comp great competition so it makes it makes conference even more desirable and it makes us want to do even better in conference against all those great teams yeah how are your thoughts Danny I agree I mean I think like whenever you have like a really really tight game and then you pull it off and like you win you get like that extra satisfaction. And I think it's the same with our conference. They're really, really, really good teams. And like the one that's going to get like the conference title is going to have to battle a lot. And like that's great because like that makes us stronger in order to go to nothingness too. So, yeah. Well, final question for you guys because there was a recent change in format for. The national championship it's going to a 16 team tournament single elimination so you're going to have it's there's eight conferences so eight auto berths and eight at larges if you don't win your conference tournament 
Gosh, that's going to be hard to get all the teams in the CCSA in that are ranked in the top 20 into that tournament because there's only eight at large. Well, you got the auto. So four more spots, five more spots available. We'll say technically for the East Coast if they decide to divide it evenly between the coasts. So uh, you guys have to play hard all the way through. Does that add additional pressure for you guys as competitors and athletes? Or is that not even talked about? You just play the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good question. We haven't really talked about that. Um, Sorry think, to bring it up. <laughs> I think during conference, we, I don't, I don't think we'll be thinking about NCAA bids. I think we'll just be thinking about conference. But we also haven't really thought too much about conference right now because we have important duels every weekend. So I think that's like our mindset is just worry about worry about the duel that we have coming up, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when that ha- <laughs> when it comes down to it. How about you, Danny? Any thoughts on that? I think I'm same as Kate, like literally a step by step and like weekend by weekend and then like conference will arrive and like our main goal, of course, is like winning the conference title for the first time for TCU. And then, like, nothing else will come and, like, same thing. So I think, like, right now we have to focus on, like, the matches we have on Friday and Saturday and, like, keep, keep that a little bit on mind. Yeah, well, I need to focus on one match on Saturday, and it's the last one. TCU, GCU. <laughs> That's the uh, 11 a.m. your time nice and early here on the west coast so i'll be definitely dialing in there well hey i wanted to thank uh danny alvarez for jumping on with kate privet for our tcu takeover of college volleyball weekly episode four it's getting even more exciting as we get into well, crazy near the halfway point but um, appreciate your time ladies and i look forward to seeing you on the sand and kate next week Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow Rob Espero at the Rob on the Mic on Instagram and at Rob on the Mic on Twitter. <laughs>